electricity is back. All right. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your host, Paulette Ristini, your transformational lifestyle coach for creative women who are on the verge of becoming something bigger, brighter, happier, more abundant. And magic makers. We are all magic makers. I am your movement motivator and your magic maker and your passion instigator. And I love to bring you other magic makers. And those of you who've been following me for a while, you know that, you know, all these people I bring to you in these interviews are incredible, uh, predominantly women. I think I've maybe had six guys over the last five years. (laughs) I know, wild. And, um, but I just love to bring you and network and share what these people are doing uh, to bring themselves into more joy and abundance, but also creating change in the world, bringing happiness to others and healing and magic and prosperity and creativity and just a beautiful way of life. And so today I get to present to you this beautiful friend of mine, Maria DeRosa. Is here, <laughs> Maria. Oh, okay. hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. So it's excited just so that cool. you're here. We've we've been trying to do this now for a couple months. <laughs> so I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah. And we actually had I had power outages today, and we weren't even going to be able to do it, but now we can. So I'm really happy. So Maria, oh, I mean Maria and me can talk about food forever. Oh, amen. (laughs) And so she is the founder of Ladies of the Kitchen. And I'm going to let her talk to you a little bit more about that. But she brings together women into her kitchen to cook and to heal. And that's probably a very simple way of putting all the things that you do, Maria. So why don't you share with us a little bit about what you do? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And uh, in your intro you mentioned about bringing together women you know uh that are recreating themselves that are finding ways of expression that are just so needed in the world and through a challenge which i think many of us who are sharing light like yourself in the world i think a challenge presents our uh, to ourselves in life and then all of a sudden out of that we go whoa what am i gonna do how am i gonna do will I do? And that's basically what happened with me in the creation of Ladies of the Kitchen. Mm -hmm. I am a former high school teacher of 11 years, and I'm also a former restaurant owner of 28 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And both of those were literally seasons in my life. Um, There were challenges and obstacles and things that kind of transitioned both of those careers to a point where I was like, I am not able to do either one of these. I chose a different path. And that path required serenity. And as a result of making that choice, I found myself looking at my talents. And I think a lot of times some of us lose that um, we forget what can I do well. I've been a mom, and don't doesn't anybody know how to be a mom? Or I've raised four kids. Doesn't everybody just kind of figure that out? Uh, 
my kids off in college, you know, all these things that we do in our minds and we forget we have talent. And I realized I can teach and I love to cook and bake. And how can I use those talents mm. to make myself happy, but at the same time being of service to others? So I thought, wow, I love to cook. I love to bake and I'm a good teacher. I can take all that and help women who've been through similar situations whether it's a loss of a kid going off to college or a loss of a spouse or um, they're transitioning out of a job and re into retirement, all that can be done through the art of cooking and healing can happen in the process. Oh, I do. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm always sharing my cooking. I love it. I love it. It's so it's, it's nourishment and it's connection and it's a circle you know, when you have meals together, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think it's a lost art. I believe, honestly, that the pandemic started to do a little surge of us realizing the importance of connection. Mm -hmm. um, no longer were families glued to the TV or running out the door. They were literally like, oh, we're stuck in the house. What are we going to eat? together <laughs> what are we gonna go converse about together and um literally that became the the inspiration I think for people starting to look at what am I eating mm. oh my gosh maybe I can cook and so that was the beginning of it and a lot of the research which a lot of people don't realize um, because I feel that they don't take some of the practices that are so easy to, to life and to heart. So by that, I mean, a lot of people have heard about pet therapy, right? In hospitals, mm -hmm. you bring in the dogs and so forth. Well, St. Jude's hospitals that deals with children and cancer and terminal patients, and Children's Hospital, and also a couple of hospitals back east, realized that during the pandemic, a lot of these animals couldn't come in, couldn't do their work. They were limited to the staff that was in-house, right? Because nobody knew what was going on. And they started a new research, and the research was actually done by a couple of nurses who out of desperation and frustration, like, what are we going to do with these kids now? And how are we going to, you know, they can't leave and we're here with them. One of them literally took out some dough for a bread dough that she was doing for sourdough and said, let's get the kids to play with this, like, like Play-Doh. Sorry. And, oh, that's Okay. And as a result of that research, okay, which expanded and expanded other hospitals kind of started doing, they realized that the five senses in that process, the kids were seeing, they were smelling, they were touching, mm -hmm. they were literally for that 20 whatever minutes it was, so present that their healing and their feeling of whatever it was that they were dealing with, you know, lack of being able to breathe or just sit still, all of a sudden they were able to feel good about themselves and their body just within that time frame. So if people who are ill 
can heal using food as a mechanism in the five senses, just think how we who have maybe a soul wound of some kind or a, or a trauma or a situation we're trying to deal with can easily heal by just applying a little bit more thought into our ritual when we go into the kitchen, even if it means just how we pick our coffee and are we putting it in a glass? Are we just throwing oh, it into a tumbler? It's such a great example because so many things become so rote. They just are habit. There's just like, I'm going to go make my coffee in the morning. and I'm going to go do this thing and thing. And without yeah. bringing any awareness into it. Exactly. Just even just going up to your coffee cup and before you start the brew button or something, just going, wow. We're going to have a good morning today, aren't we, coffee? I mean, it may sound crazy, but just a simple blessing and acknowledgement. The mind has already connected. Wow, this is a blessing and a gratitude. Indirectly, the mind is registering that as a calm neuron chemical change that's needed in our body. Yeah. It's just amazing, the little simple actions. Yeah, simple actions, simple rituals, simple habits, simple daily self-care. Self-care, bottom line, exactly. And when we fuel our body, right, as you well know, we're going to get more clarity. And when we have more clarity, especially a healthy aging adult, the more clarity we have, the more, oh, wow. I might go outside for a walk today. (laughs) I'm just like more alert, right? Just little things like that start changing the whole process of us, our mind, body, and soul connection. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, and there's so many things that go along with that, you know, so many other kinds of things that you can do for awareness. But I mean, food is medicine, but food is what fuels us and we have to have it. And exactly, I believe so much, and especially in America, well, I live in America, so, (laughs) you know, I've traveled the world, I've traveled so many places, and food is taken for granted. Food is taken for granted. And of course, I, I know you're not vegan, but I'm vegan. So there's that whole aspect of, you know, animal products. But there's also just, you know, junk food and fast food and processed food and, you know, biggie size food and people just take it for granted. Exactly. Exactly. And and in the process, okay, even just going to the supermarket and just taking a few minutes when you you're, you know how you're attracted oh this this particular orange looks so nice right or those tomatoes look amazing right a lot of times people just pick by sight which is fine okay you're just picking by sight you're maybe not reading a label that may go with it you're maybe not doing all the other things that you and I may may do. But the one step that a lot of people are forgetting, they take it home and now they picked, maybe they did pick the best organic tomato and it was done by a local grown vendor or person in their community, which is even better, right? But then when they get home, how many really take the time to think, wow, that took a lot of work to to put this tomato together. Like, 
the growing behind right. it. I mean, just right. <laughs> in another that country, farmer, there's right? a whole, right? And in other countries, they have a whole ritual with that. They, they bless it. They say, thank you. They, they make sure that it's always a local rancher or farmer. I mean, all these little elements that we forget ourselves. Yeah. Just like, that like blessing, blessing and acknowledgement. When you're about to sit down for dinner. It does not mean yes. it's a religious act. Right. It's a, a connection with the food, the spirit of the food, the spirit of the earth. The, the spirit earth. of the food. You know, and, and it does have energy, right? Absolutely. It does. So why do we have this disconnect? I mean, we're just this overconsumptive society. And spoiled. I think um yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people have taken on the beliefs of our culture. And once you take on certain beliefs, either through advertisement, medical doctors that honestly don't know that much about nutrition, we put people in certain categories and we go, well, the news should know it's the news. That doctor should know he's a doctor. <laughs> we automatically put power and create a belief we make that belief strong. We hold on to it. It makes sense to us. And we're off and running with that. And nothing's going to change our minds. And it's easy. And it's easy. It's And that's probably the, the part that is the scariest of it all. Because right. we're such an easy, easy, just give me that gratification. Just give me that information. And oh, I want okay. it now. And I want it now. Now. <laughs> oh, wow we could talk about that for a really long time right exactly this is so juicy so i want to know a little bit more about how you oh gosh i know you do so many things because you're multi-passionate like me um i know you you work with the betty ford clinic yes so you work with um children addicts children and, uh -huh. the children of families who are addicts or alcoholics so unfortunately children don't know any better when they're children they're doing their belief system by what they're surrounded by right so um not only are they lacking good stable upbringing a lot of them are lacking food because if your mom is drinking her way away during the day she's not about to cook you a good meal so a lot of these kids are not only deficient emotionally because of what's going on in their home but they're also deficient nutritionally speaking which right. then adds to it right just adds to the whole process they're pro they might be eating a twinkie because that's all that's in the pantry mm-hmm so, um, yeah, so that's one thing that is definitely done there, which is amazing, is making sure that they're eating well when they are there. So what was your path to get, I mean, you've been a teacher, you've had a restaurant, you're doing this beautiful cooking and coaching and, you know, magic making thing. How did you get to working with the Betty Ford clinic or with the addicts or how did your path develop? 
That that's really a great question. The main reason my path went that way was the person that I had the restaurant with that I spent a good chunk of my life with, even when I was teaching, was my ex-husband. And we had been married almost 38 years when I chose to leave him. Hmm. During those 38 years, um, I experienced the life of living with an alcoholic addict. I did not realize until my seventh year of marriage, because oftentimes what you don't know, you don't know. You're just comfortable with what you think is. So the first seven years of my marriage, I just thought, well, this is how it is. We go to parties and he drinks and he was able to function and it was well. But by the seventh year, you know, consistent drinking gets to a point where it's not healthy anymore for anybody. And it was starting to affect our children and our marriage. Um, So through the years, he was in and out of um, different rehabs. Um, in and out of fellowship programs, I consistently stayed with Al-Anon, which is a fellowship for people who are living in a setting of addiction. Uh And after I left all this and chose a different path, part of my creating was, this is my life. And I've changed. And I'm happy today. You don't have to go down this rabbit hole. So can't I use that as part of my story and hope for others? I can't be the only one that has experienced this. And I'm starting to find out right now, doing more and more research. Do you realize that one in every four children in America today is living in a similar setting? One in four. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. My dog barking. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasures of working at home. It's all right. It's all good. Love it. Love it. Uh, wow. And that's, you know, that's why do we settle? Mm-hmm. I think because we don't know any other way, or we just think, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And fortunately, There's an expression, I'm sure you've heard it. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, stop. What the hell? Somebody's at my door. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's okay, Rosie. Stop barking. Can this just continue? <laughs> Life is in session. <laughs> the dog, Life the neighbor, goes on. The dog, the neighbor, the water, the power. <laughs> I love it. All right. I will cut all this out. Okay, gosh. Oh, that was so good to that conversation. All right. <laughs> So as I was saying, I'm sure you've heard the expression that um, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you finally just 
surrender and decide I got to make a choice. Um, and some people feel they have no choice. Right. That's and so I, I yeah. think, that, I think that that comes from after a while having zero self-esteem and just having no more energy physically or emotionally. Right. And they're going to luckle. Yeah. And they're going to settle. And fortunately I got to that point, but fortunately I had enough energy and width wall at that time to go, Whoa, this, this is not me. This is not healthy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You just, you, you come up against a wall and it's fearful to break down the wall, right? It's fearful to make a change. Uh, but knowing there's so many people out there to support you, to help you, you know, and that's part of what you do. It's part of what I do. So, so tell us a little bit more about ladies of the kitchen. So, um, what I've been doing now is I provide three different avenues. Uh, one is literally in home, a safe community in my home. I, uh, I have a pretty good sized kitchen where uh, women can come together and I try to make it a safe group, no more than 10 at a time. Uh, And there's a specific topic that we um, talk about. There's a specific ritual that I do using either all five senses or one to three. And after that, we all literally cook based around the ritual Mm -hmm. and the topic together in community. And then we sit down and we converse and that, and they all receive um, a booklet, whether you do it uh, in person, the second way I do it is online. It's a little bit more challenging online because sometimes you may not have that sense of energetic connection as you do when you're, you know, it's just like having coffee with somebody. It's different when you're in person, but it does work. It's just done a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So that's another way. And then I also have one-on-one coaching where someone can say, you know, I'm not comfortable yet. It's it's really been hard. You know, for example, uh, divorce is really tough for some people. I know mine was. Uh, also, when they lose a child, it's mm-hmm. very difficult. Um, so these are, especially if there was addiction involved, you know, they were drunk at the time. They had drugs. Mm. Um, that that the mom takes it on very personally. So a lot of times I do some one-on-one first with them and give them some resources and then we go into the cooking. Um, but I always try to encourage them um initially, like, what are you eating or what did you eat today? You know, how did you really honor yourself mm-hmm. today? Today. Today's all we have. So what did you do today? Like you were saying. Paula, you always go back to self-care. What did we do for our own self-care day? A lot of women just always put themselves last. I mean, oh, well, I'll just throw on a hat because I'm going, okay, that's fine. But because, you know, I don't want to comb my hair because it's messy. We all do that. But how many times do we extend that into, oh, I can wear this again or... <laughs> Oh, I'll just have a cup of coffee. That'll get me through the afternoon. Right. We rationalize a lot. Self self-worth. Yes. Yes. And of course And women know- are, are are yeah, we're just the worst. Um, in terms of the two 
um, genders. Because we want to take care of everybody. <laughs> exactly. It's because within our like. It's a beautiful it's, thing if you take care of yourself first. Amen. Like putting on the oxygen mask first, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, how are we going to save the person next to us if we're like frantic ourselves? Yeah. Oh, so many good juicy tidbits in here. Huh. How you doing out there, friends in heart and hustle land? <laughs> You're getting some good juice here. So, you know, nourishment and feeding the body, but it also feeds the soul and it feeds the emotional emotions. And you know, taking time to feed yourself, right? And and feeding mm -hmm. yourself is not only food. Feeding yourself, right? Right, with inspiration. Feeding yourself with surrounding yourself with great people with and, the right people. Yeah, yeah. That's feeding what you yourself by dressing yourself in the morning, like what you were just talking about. You know, the things that make you feel good, the things that make you feel worthy, the things that raise your energy and makes you stand up and be present. Yeah. You know, and that's what I always say to, to my dance classes and my yoga classes is you are participating in your life. You are not oh, just walking I love that. through life. I know. Isn't that great? Participating I love that. in your life. Showing up. Because what? We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be part of something. And what you do is bringing these beautiful souls together to nourish and understand what it is like to stand up and be present and be seen in that circle. And exactly. And to feed yourself. Mm hmm Yeah. I get so I I, <laughs> I know sometimes I'll just ask, like in, in a round of questions, what was the last book you read? Mm -hmm. When was the last time you wrote yourself a little love note or, you know, put on, on the mirror that you can see in the morning when you're brushing your teeth. Hi, beautiful. It's another day. It's like, <laughs> everybody's like down here not even looking at themselves. You know, it's like, oh, wow, well, wake that. up with yeah. a smile, yeah. wake up with a smile. You have another day to walk the planet, you know, God bless. <laughs> Oh, and it's so good. And it can be so yeah. fun if you allow yourself to be in that place. So what do you do for yourself every day really quickly? So I always start my morning, always, 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 um, like between 5 and 5.30. And I got conditioned with that, I think, running the restaurant. I was always up early. Um, so I start off with... Uh, uh, either a cup of green tea that I love, okay, or a cup of a really good organic coffee that I found. So one or the other, depending on my mood. So I sit down with that and I put on my little AirPods and I listen to some really quiet like meditation music. And while mm -hmm. that's happening, I get out my journal and I write down anything that I might have dreamed about, you know, just so that I can have a little theme going why did I dream that and just kind of see where that goes and then I always take another page and just write my feelings and then I meditate for about maybe 10 minutes sometimes I go more and then I do a little exercise of some kind whether it's walk or run or pickleball it varies depending on my schedule so that's my morning 
And I always have, um, I try to, depending on what we are doing, family or whatever, I try to have my main meal during the mid afternoon, like one ish, mm-hmm. one or two ish. And then I have a lighter meal in the evening. Um, I got used to that at the restaurant and it's worked really well. And I found out a lot of cultures in Europe do that too. So it's kind of worked out well for me, but sometimes, you know, out here, everybody has their meals later. So I kind of adjust, but <laughs> so that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, it's interesting because so many people, so, cause I ask people this all the time. I, it's been quite a study for me and I have my morning uh, clarity ritual, which is very similar. And I call it uh, meditate, percolate and dance break, which oh, is, I like that. And percolate, percolate is to me is like percolation of your ideas, of journaling, of dumping or making something, right? When you percolate your coffee, when you percolate in your journal. And then dance break is like movement. You got to have movement. And it's so interesting that so many cultures and so many people have the same or, or very, very similar styles of morning rituals. Because why? <laughs> Because they bring you clarity, they bring you happiness, they bring you aliveness into the day. They set the pace for the day. Yeah. And so many people just run to the coffee or run to whatever the beverage they're going to do, even if it's the shake, which is fine. But it's like, there's just movement and no thought, awareness, setting yourself for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, wow. I like percolate. I'm going to borrow that one. Yeah, meditate, <laughs> love it. and dance break. I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so thank good. You I love for it sharing too. that. Yes, absolutely. All right, honey. Well, thank you for spending time. Thank with you me. for having me. And thank you for the patience in trying to make this work. <laughs> oh, no, no. We did it. We did it. And to all of you that are listening, God bless you for picking Paulette because I'm blessed that I picked her as a friend. And I know we're just going to go places together because we just, we, we're just that kind of jive. <laughs> we totally are. Oh my God. The so first time you I saw guys her, out there. That the first time I saw too. Maria was at a dinner and I'm like, who are you? And you are coming with me. <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. And I loved every minute of it. It's so good. It's so good. Well, and that that's what we're talking about is surrounding yourself with people who who lift you up, who are inspiring and inspire inspirational and supportive and magical and creative and doing things with their lives because you feed off of each other. You uplift each other. You know, and there's no, there's no derogatory. There's no competition. There's no, it's just like, oh my God, you are the greatest thing ever. You are beautiful. You're doing this amazing work. You know, how can I help you? How can I support you? Right. And, and you know, if you take the time to trust yourself and listen into yourself, you'll feel that connection. With Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for doing that for so many. Yeah, well, and you do it too. You do it too. And so you guys listen to that and go out and and feel what it feels like to be surrounded by those kind of people. You know, and mm-hmm. if there's someone who is not 
serving you in that way, nothing is forever. Time to right. move on, right? Amen. Yes. And go out and nourish your body, nourish your heart and soul and listen to what Maria has to say. And uh, of course, I'll hook you in with all of her information so you can connect with her. Um, Thank and, you. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. And Maria, you're just making such beautiful work in the world. Well, thank you. And thank you too, Paula, for what you're doing in the world. Yeah. Thank you. All right, my friends. Again, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending the last half hour or so with the barking dog and <laughs> the people at the door, whatever, whatever is going on. And that's okay. That's totally fine. It's part of, you know, why I chose the life I chose. And uh, what I was going to say is, so um, make sure you subscribe, leave a review if you like, that would be awesome on YouTube or SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing, watching, listening on my blog, wherever you are seeing this post. Um, connect with Maria. And until we meet again, many yes. blessings. All right. Till later. Bye.